Welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name is DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the Metro Atlanta area. I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. So, before we begin, I want to uh, let everybody know, a uh, little plug, if you will, for some friends of mine, the Florida Crime and Intelligence Analysts Association will be having their uh, 2021 conference coming up this uh, June 15th through 17th. I'll actually be teaching uh, a class down there. And for those of you who are in that, um, in that association that I know listen quite a bit, you may have heard, uh, yes, indeed, I will be doing a uh, podcast down there, recorded live, and uh, I've decided to kind of put myself out there. I'm not coming up with the topic. They are. They're going to come up with topics, and I, I may not even look at them before I hit record. I may just uh, see if they can stump me, put me off my feet. I think that's always fun and a good thing for us to do to see if uh, we can answer questions as, uh, as they come up. We should be educated enough about our craft to be able to answer questions. Not all of them. I'm a big believer in if you don't know, say you don't know. Uh, don't just make something up. Uh, but at the same time, if we're going to be some type of uh, seen as an expert or uh, a, a consultant like I am, uh, we better know some answers to some questions, even hard ones. So those of you in the uh, conference there, uh, come up with something good. Come up with a lot of something's good. Something's good? Anyway, and uh, see what you can do. Throw me a curveball. So today's topic is... Um, well, a lot about knowing something that you may or may not know. So today's topic is on brain surgery. Yes, that's right. I've done some reading uh, online about brain surgery, and I believe I'm prepared to, uh, to give a class today on brain surgery. So uh, what you do first is you make sure that the patient is, uh, is, well, you know, sleeping or out or something like that. And there's a couple of methods. There's the mallet to the head. Uh, there's ether, uh, you know, there's a couple of different methods, but you want to make sure that they're out and, and give yourself enough time that they're out for, you know, a, a decent amount of time. You really don't want them waking up in, in, in brain surgery. Now, uh, you know, getting prepared for brain surgery, this is crazy, right? Yes, it is. There's no reason that I have any background at all to teach you guys about brain surgery. So what is today's real topic? Today's real topic is stay in your lane. Mm. Bit of an overarching statement, isn't it? Well, let me explain. I'm one of these that I, I get kind of wind, uh, wound up when I hear talking heads or people on social media or, you know, just somebody who's never done the job giving their expert opinion on how those who do the job should do the job. Now, you, you may think I'm speaking about policing. In, in general, I am. But 
this could apply to anything. There are certain things we're very good at. There are certain things we have to admit ourselves. We have no idea what we're doing. Okay. The other day, uh, my son was coming home from college after finishing his first year. Yay. Good job, buddy. Um, and, and his car broke down. His car broke down, thank goodness, about four miles from the house because his college is about four and a half hours away from the house. So, whew, let me look it out for us there. I was able to get it to the house uh, and, and I diagnosed it. Am I a mechanic? No, but I'm, I'm kind of a shade tree mechanic. Yeah, sure. And I looked at it and I said, oh, this thing needs a new water pump. Yep, yep. And while we're at it, we're going to change out the uh, thermostat and the hoses. And we did all that. Great. Not that hard. But then I couldn't get it right. Something was wrong. And so I, I called my mechanic, been my mechanic for know, well over 25 years. And I called him and I said, I just can't get this out. And he goes, oh, you've got air in the system. You've got to basically burp it. Burp it? What's that mean? And so we went through this whole diatribe where he's downloading this information to me because, you know, I assumed that I could do this. And, and for the parts, the plugging in stuff, the unbolting and the bolting back and the, you, that's not hard, but you see, it's the understanding of the minutia of what the job entails. I worked on it and I worked on it and I worked on it and I, 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 <laughs> I, I burped this vehicle for two days, two days, nearly ran it out of gas. Now, why is that a big deal? Because I live in Georgia and right now finding gas is like finding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Uh, we got this gas shortage because of the pipeline. Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about cybersecurity today, maybe another day, but nonetheless about ran out of gas. I finally went, okay, fine. Had it towed to him on Monday and bada bing, bada boom. He hooks it up to his, his machine and he purges it and it's running like a champ. You see, I had enough basic knowledge to go, that's a water pump. It has seven bolts. If I unbolt it and bolt a new one on, it will work. And indeed it did. He even told me, he said, everything you did, you did fine. You just didn't have the, uh, the, the, the tools necessary to finish the job. In other words, I didn't have the technical understanding or the ability to truly understand what it took to do the job. Now I still saved a bunch of money by doing all that myself, but the point being, he's the expert. He is the expert. So how did I get around this today? Well, you, you see, I was part of a conversation the other day where, um, yeah, I, 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 we have conversations uh, all the time with people, uh, people in, in the community and friends and things like this. And this one person opined, uh, hey, look, there's this, there's this, uh, the, this new defensive weapon, and uh, it could replace firearms and electrical impulse weapons. You know what I'm talking about, that, you know, that thing we have on the other side of of the uniform. And I, I was like, what are you talking about? And so I looked at this particular weapon and, uh, it was, it was, it, it looked exactly like a pistol. And I mean, lay them side by side in the daylight, it would be difficult to tell the difference. 
Now, they do make it in like Dayglow Orange, but they also make it in Tactical Tan and, 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 and Camo Green and Gray. And I thought, <laughs> why would anybody make a, as they called it, non-lethal, I'll get to that in a minute, a, a defensive weapon that is not a pistol that looks exactly like a pistol? So I, I was interested because I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm an old SWAT guy, right? I, I, I like that kind of stuff. And so I start looking at this thing and it, it's a CO2 cartridge, like a, you know, like a BB pistol, but it works on a CO2 cartridge and it's got these little, little, little balls that it shoots. And some of them are pepper, like pepper spray balls, but some of them are hard plastic projectiles, the, you know, decent sized, like a, uh, bigger than a marble, like projectiles. And I'm looking at this, I'm watching the videos and I'm reading all this. And, and the company actually said that they were quite proud that it looked, had the look and feel of a real pistol. And I thought, no, this is, <laughs> this is, you should never, never have a non-lethal weapon look and feel like your lethal weapon. So strike number one, right? Now, granted, the person that told me this is thinking, well, hey, you know, this is, this, you know, it's got the feel, it, it looks like it's accurate, da, da, da. The problem was, and there were other people chiming in, and, 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 and I hadn't said anything yet. I'm still doing my research. I'm a big research person. And the thing is, <clears throat> it's like somebody told me, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, they were talking to me about law enforcement and what they thought they should, we should do. And, uh, well, they didn't say thought, they said what we should do and things like that. And then I said, just curious, where did you get this information? And they literally said, well, I mean, I watch NYPD Blue. I took a big deep breath just like I did. And I went, okay, calm down, DJ. That's all they know of law enforcement. So time to educate. Remember at the end of these podcasts, I say stay educated. This is the kind of thing I mean. And for those of you who aren't in law enforcement, dig in. Do some education. Figure out why things are. So let's talk about this for a minute. So, so why does a non-lethal weapon need to look and feel completely different from the lethal weapon pistol in this case. Well, if it's not obvious to you, it's because in a, in a stressful tactical situation, you want to make sure that everything about the lethal weapon is completely different from the non-lethal weapon. Uh, way you grab it, the way you hold it, the way it feels, the way it acts, everything. Well, this particular weapon that I was looking at literally had, I mean, I'm telling you, I won't say the brand, but I recognized it right off. I'm surprised this this pistol company is not suing them. It looks exactly like this one, this particular pistol. They even said it has the same, like, weight. Bothered me. Yeah, sure, you can wear it on the side of your body or whatever you're going to do. But when you go to feel it, when you go to grab it and it feels that way and the safety was the same and the trigger was the same and the sights were the same, you see where this could cause a problem. Now, given to the website, they aren't marketing to the law enforcement group. I, I couldn't find anything on the site that said, you know, this is for law enforcement, except they did have a couple of videos from uh, a sheriff's department where they were testing it. Okay, fine. <clears throat> didn't say they used it, but they were testing it. So I started looking at this and I'm like, pepper ball. Okay. You know, and we, we have, you know, pepper balls in, in, uh, you know, 
40 millimeter launchers and shotgun launchers and pepper spray. And okay, cool, cool. I like that. I like that. And then I got to this, uh, cause the website kept saying non-lethal. In other words, can't kill anybody. That's what non-lethal means. This is a non-lethal weapon. I prefer the term less lethal or less than lethal. In other words, could be, but isn't intended to be. In other words, when you're using it properly, it won't be. But if you use it improperly, it, it, it could be. I mean, let's look at this, okay? If any of you have ever you know, shot a BB gun, even the old, like, Red Rider. I love that, that Christmas movie. So I, I've got a Red Rider because I think it's just it's from the movie. And, and it, it's weak. <laughs> it's weak as it could be. But granted, if you get close enough and hit somebody just right, you could do some serious damage. So less than lethal or less, less, less than lethal. But the point being, I looked at this particular, they have this hard projectile, hard projectile. And in the video, they show the hard projectile shooting through automobile glass. Now, anybody who's in law enforcement that ever tried to break lawn, you know, automobile glass, uh, a wreck or something like that, you got to get through it. It's really hard. Like, I, I watched a rookie once in training because we had these busted up cars. We tried to explain how hard this was to do this because you don't think it's that hard. He took his baton. It's called an ASP baton, ASP, and, and it's this expandable metal baton. He took it and he hit that side window glass, not the front. The front's even harder, but he hit the side window glass like 12 times. Didn't even mark it. And then we showed him the proper tool and it popped immediately. Well, this particular weapon system was able to shoot through that window glass immediately at a pretty decent range. It looked to me like 25, 30 feet. That's pretty powerful. So I thought, well, wait a minute, how fast is this thing running? So I looked it up. It's running 600 to 700 feet per second. You go, well, what does that mean, DJ? I'm not in law enforcement. What was that fast? Well, it's not bullet fast. I mean, it's not your 2300 you know, feet per second round. It's fast. For instance, uh, in SWAT, we have these, what they call them, 40 millimeter launchers. And they're, they're these larger canisters and they're meant to launch, um, you know, um, gas or beanbag projectiles, things like that, only in the worst situations, but it'll get it in a house. That's the whole point, get, get it in a house. And those launchers are pretty powerful. Like we are taught that those launchers could truly injure somebody if not kill them if used in the proper improper way therefore train 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 to make sure you're using it properly and boy we were uh, we, we we had a lot of respect for that particular thing it runs 325 feet per second so roughly half of what this thing does and I thought wait a minute wait a minute so if you're too close and you pull this thing, and you shoot somebody in the wrong location. Maybe the, they say the abdomen's fine. It could be. But you shoot somebody in the head or something. Listen, it could kill somebody. It, it got to admit that. It has the, okay, my opinion, so I don't get sued, is that it could, <laughs> it could kill somebody. So it's less than lethal. But anyway, so back to this, this conversation with people talking and opining. And it was, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, look, it, it, it has the look and feel. It, it literally looks like a pistol. It, and somebody said, well, it could be orange. And I went, in the dark, they're all black. 
unless you're going to hook this thing up with <laughs> some kind of neon light, okay, in the dark, they're all black. I mean, that every every weapon is is in the dark. It's it's a weapon, so that's you know can be dangerous. And and I looked at it, and you know, and and. <sighs> It just, it's kind of driving me nuts right now, even, even as I'm talking to it. Because then it comes back and he says, well, but but it, it, it's got the pepper balls. And I said, hey, the pepper balls, that's pretty cool, right? Because you don't have to get as close for pepper spray. And, and you know, they, they, they're going to sting maybe like a paintball. But then you get the pepper spray in your face and all that. I said, that's great. Except you can't use it indoors. Well, why can't you use it indoors? Well, because indoors, if you if you deploy pepper or any type of uh, you know, uh, gas, inert gas, uh, and, and the pepper comes out as a powder, uh, not a gas technically, but it, it, if you deploy that, anybody near them is going to be affected and it goes up into the rest of the building. So the air conditioning, it starts pumping out. It's Now, these aren't very large, but you shouldn't use pepper spray or any type of gas in a house unless... It's, it's, it's a dire circumstance. Barricaded gunman by himself, can't get him out, trying to talk him out, really don't want to hurt anybody, so you try to get him out with maybe some pepper spray, right? Get him to drop the gun. But, but nobody would be affected but the bad person. Maybe. But keep in mind, this person is talking about taking pistols and electrical weapons away from police and replacing with this one. Now, let's go back to that. You say, well, DJ, you said that this, these balls could be lethal. Yeah, but not intended to be. Uh, so how does this work? Well, you know, CO2 canister, and it's got this little magazine. Uh, some people call that a clip. No, it's not a clip. A clip is what you put on your chip bag. But anyway, it's got this magazine of these, uh, you know, six or seven or whatever it was, balls. Um, and and so once you load it with one, you know, you got to remember which one's in there, right? And and so if that's all you got... and. I, I used to say all the time, you, you know, you, you got to be careful because if somebody's pointing a pistol at you and you pull this thing, bleh, you, mm, you, you, you're probably on the low side of that particular firefight. Okay. Nonetheless. So as I'm looking at this, going back to the hard projectiles, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm overblowing this. Maybe it's not as, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I saw it shoot window glass, but maybe... You know, that's their video. You know, they, they, they could have cracked that glass ahead of time. I, and I'm just opining. I'm not saying they did. But, you know, you know, it's a marketing video. But yet, I went on their site, and there's pictures of people who shot these things straight through solid boards. Wood. Straight through. We had, we had these plastic, hard plastic silhouette dummies, right? Aren't typically intended to be shot, typically intended to be, you know, just pop-ups. But nonetheless, they shot holes all in this thing. And believe me, I've been with those before. They're really, really hard, really, really thick. And I thought, okay, yeah, this, I don't know about this, guys. I just don't know. I'm not saying, I think the, I actually think the weapon system's kind of cool, but do I think it's complete replacement? No. And so now I'm going off on this diatribe and, and what am I talking about stay in your lane? Well, I gave all this information back and, and, and I don't think I, presented it in a, in a snarky way. I presented it in a, in an educational way, like, Hey, I think that's cool, but keep in mind, you can't deploy this in a house. Hey, I think that's cool, but only when used properly because it's extremely powerful and, and, you know, things like this. And, 
And it, it, it was discovered very quickly that people, the non-law enforcement that we were chatting with, just really didn't understand any of that. Didn't understand the importance of having a completely different grip and completely different process to deploy your less than lethal weaponry. And I know I'm using the word weaponry. I know there's, there's more PC words, but it's a weapon. If you're going to use it against somebody to stop an attack, guess what? It's a weapon. Uh, technically, a, you know, a, a, a broom could be a weapon if you're trying to get somebody away from you, right? But so as we went down this, and I'm posting these pictures, and I'm like, hey, take a look at this. this you know, this, this is kind of interesting. But anyway, so somebody hears all this diatribe and then says, well, maybe if our current weaponry had a different grip, like what they're currently carrying. Maybe maybe that should have a completely different grip. Now again, law enforcement on the on, on, on listening to me are going, it it does. But people don't know that. Right? So I, I went I went in and I said, Oh, it does. Completely different. As a matter of fact, uh, the the less than lethal should be carried on your non dominant side on the opposite side of your body from your pistol. And Best practice would be what we call a cross draw. So I'm right-handed. So in order to get that particular weapon, I would reach across my body to the left side with my right hand and draw that. And it has a completely different feel. And it looks completely different. And the sights are different. And why? You see, in a, in a stressful situation, and this is what I don't think most non-law enforcement understand. Some Law enforcement might not understand this if you haven't been in the job very long and and felt this kind of stressful situation. In a in a truly stressful situation, a a a shoot don't shoot situation. Okay, you go into your training, or you don't. Like you you either revert back to that muscle memory, or you're going to revert back to a muscle memory, something. Now, granted, you know, we have to qualify with our pistols a lot. So there's a lot of muscle memory on that. A lot of muscle memory, a lot of muscle memory down to I'm right-handed down to your right, draw, come out down to your right, draw, come out down to your right, draw, come out. There's a lot of muscle memory. I, I can feel it even now when, when I go out to the range, I, I find I'm still doing the same things I was doing in 2000 and who, right? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling the same thing. So not only do we want that grip to be different, which it is, but see, gripping something is is a is is a fine motor movement. Doesn't seem like it, but it is in a high stress situation. You're just grabbing something. It's a fine motor movement. Uh, but if you reach completely across your body, that is not a fine motor movement. That's a large motor movement. And your brain will go, I'm reaching for this, right? And so it does go back to training. And I kept saying it, it's, it's all about training. It, it's not necessarily about changing the weapon system, although I'm always open for a better way of doing things. You guys know that. I'm always looking to improve and, and expand. That's why I did way too much research on this particular weapon. But it, it's about training with what you have. And I thought about that. And I said, oh, okay, DJ, you know this. 
and every cop that's going to listen to you on this podcast, because I knew I was going to talk about this, is, is, knows this. We all know this. But when's the last time you had a non-cop, a citizen, at your training? Pretty rare, if never, right? They don't know this. So let's take our cop brains off for a minute. Remember brain surgery? Knock that out. Put it over here. Put your civilian brain back in. Okay, now, brain surgery successful. There you go. There's your brain surgery uh, A and B right there. Now, you see things on TV. You read things on TV. You listen to the news. You da-da-da-da-da. And you're going to go, oh, well, gosh, that, that must be right then. And, and you're going to take just the knowledge you have, which is TV or your uncle when you were growing up was a police officer or, or something, and you're going to go, well, I think this. It, it's a natural thing to do, trying to find a solution. And that's what we're all trying to do is trying to find a solution to multiple problems, whatever problem that may be. And as a matter of fact, the, the class I'm teaching at, at, the, uh, at the analyst conference in Florida, uh, the class I'm teaching, not the podcast, but the class I'm teaching is on basically because we've always done it that way. How do we find new things? Think outside the box. Are you ready for the unknown? That kind of thing. And so if you look at it from a civilian point of view, you go, oh, <clears throat> That that's the information they have. So why is that all the information they have? Why? It's our fault. It's the cop's fault. It's the former cop's fault. When you're speaking to people and you hear things like that, don't go, whatever. Ding dong. You don't know what you're talking about. No. Say, oh, you know, I, I see why you say that. But did you also know? Like, that that's already done, or like I was saying about the, the the fact that this particular weapon system is very proud of looking and feeling exactly like your pistol. That's a bad idea, opinion, but that's a bad idea, right? You never want that. For instance, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> uh, you know, police sometimes carry shotguns, indeed, and, and other weapons, but they may have a shotgun. But we have these rounds, these shotgun rounds that are beanbag rounds and some are uh, 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 like pepper rounds and things like that. You never put a non or less than lethal round in your regular shotgun. You always put it in the less than lethal shotgun and you go, well, what's the difference? Well, your regular shotgun is black. Like, Typically, it's black. It's, it looks like a shotgun. Your less than lethal shotgun is bright orange. Now you go, well, earlier, DJ, you said this thing could be bright orange, but in the dark, they're all black. Y yeah, but that's for identification of police. This is for the police officer knowing which one he's holding. <laughs> I mean, bright orange for most of these or yellow or something like that. Very bright, uh, very different. And you never cross them. You always know which one you have. That's very, very important. How many civilians know that? Almost none. So they see this big yellow shotgun and they go, he's got a shotgun. He pulled out a shotgun. What you don't know is he pulled out a shotgun because that is how he's going to uh, use pepper spray or not spray at the point, but pepper at a distance. Can't get close to this subject, but we're going to use pepper at a distance. 
it's less than lethal, less than, less than, less than lethal, right? But the citizen doesn't know that. They see something that looks like a pistol. Now, take that for a moment. And let's go back to this weapon system, this less than, or they call it non-lethal weapon system that looks and feels exactly like a pistol. I pull that on the road. It looks exactly like a pistol. I don't care what color it is. What do your citizens think? He pulled a gun and, and he fired it. And, and granted, if, if anybody on uh, here listening has ever fired like a CO2 BB pistol, right? They're not regular pistol loud, but they're loud. Well, how many citizens truly have ever been close to a gunshot? I mean, if you own weapons or you hunt, sure. But I'd say the vast majority haven't been really close to a gun going off. They've heard it in the distance or they hear it on TV. By the way, that's made up sounds. But boom, it goes off. Oh, they shot him. They shot him. They shot him. Right? Be, why? Because it looks like it. And education must come to explain what it is. Stay in your lane doesn't necessarily mean just do what you've always done. You know me by now on my 31st, 32nd, whatever this is, podcast, that I'm not about that. What I'm about, though, is your lane is defined by your area and level of expertise. Speak about your lane because you have an area of study and expertise. When you step out of that lane, and this is really introspective, but when you step out of that lane, you got no business opining even or suggesting what somebody else should do when you know you're out of your lane. Then, oh, we don't talk about it, DJ? No, absolutely not. The opposite of that. Question. Ask questions. Ask questions. This particular person said, oh, this would be a great replacement for, fire, for firearms. And Okay, that could have been, hey, check out this new weapon system. What do y'all think? Is this interesting? Could this could this replace? Could, no, but that's not it. It was, oh, yep, done. Take all the pistols away. Yep, cops don't need them. And I know, I know, I, I work with people uh, from the UK. I work with people from other countries who go, I just don't understand. And I go, look, we're a heavily armed society. A heavily armed society. And no, I'm not going to get into the Second Amendment, so stand by. But the facts of it are, we're a heavily armed society. It is very, very easy to get guns. You go, well, that's right. We need more gun law. No, laws are for people who follow the law. I cannot tell you how many gun crimes I've worked. I don't even know, okay? homicides, shootings, whatever. I can tell you, other than one suicide, I remember, the rest, not a single one, was a legally owned firearm by the person who used it. Not one. They were stolen. They were, the serial numbers were scratched off. Uh, it was it was uh, a, what we call a straw purchase. In other words, somebody who can legally buy one buys one for somebody who can't legally own one. So it, the criminals are going to get them. But if we're a heavily armed society, 
And we take away the ability for police to defend themselves in a lethal manner, if necessary, hope to goodness not, right? That's not good. Especially if you go out and go, yeah, we, we just disarmed all our cops. I guarantee you, just be quiet at night and listen, and you'll hear the parties going on from all of the criminals going, yeah, they got no guns and we do. Do I, do I ever want to do that? No. To be clear, I never want to. When I joined SWAT, I never, ever wanted to use a lethal force on anybody. Never. I was prepared to. I trained to, if need be. But I never wanted to. And frankly, I never had to. Which, great. But the point being is, there's a lot of details around the why on a lot of these things. You hear things in the news. Oh, they, they, they pulled their gun when they meant to pull their electrical weapon and they shot the person. Okay. Mistake on purpose. Don't know. My guess, not speaking about a particular one. When that happens in a stressful situation, you go back to your muscle memory training. Muscle memory training, what have you done the most? Uh, my guess is that person, whoever this might be, might have done their pistol training more, therefore went straight to it, right? It's all about the training. It's all about the tactics. It doesn't make every cop bad. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to open up more communication with non-law enforcement. Questions, questions, questions. Why this? Why that? I love to have these conversations because I hope that when we leave the conversation, there's at least more understanding on the background of it. Because again, as citizens, how would you know? You wouldn't know. I don't know your job. I don't. I, I, brain surgery. <laughs> I'm no brain surgeon. It ain't rocket surgery. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not. So I'm not going to walk into a, 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 a you know, a, a, a hospital and go, uh, I think you're using the wrong scalpel, doctor. Uh, you actually need to use this chainsaw. That would be much better, much quicker. What? I wouldn't do that. Now, I might ask questions if I had a doctor friend that was a brain surgeon, right? Sure. I got a friend that's a funeral director. I worked a lot with coroners and things like that. But we chat all the time. And I ask him questions. Hey, man, how does this work? What do you do if this... I'm not going to go in and tell him what to do. And in turn, he asked me questions. And it, it's great. Stay in your lane. Now, you go, well, but I, I want my lane to be wider. I have a two-lane highway right now. I want a six-lane highway. Okay. Ask. Learn. Study. Figure it out. Go on a ride-along. Go to your local police department and jump in that car. Go on a ride-along. Figure it out. Understand. Once you get to a level of understanding and knowledge and expertise, you've widened your lane. You've got a three-lane highway now. Now what's your fourth lane going to come to be, right? But, in, but right now when you've got a two-lane, just understand, stay in that two-lane. On your expertise, that is. But study. Reach out. Ask. I don't know. I'm trying to think here. I, 
I don't personally know any cops that wouldn't be glad to clarify things, that wouldn't be glad to say, oh, no, 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 this is how that's done. Yeah, on TV I see that, but that's fake. So, So this is how we do this. And this is why we do this. And this is what the law says about this. And this is what our policy says about this. Police policies are, are open for, for discovery. You can go up as a citizen and, and, and take a look at that. In, in most states, and I have to say most because I don't know of any who don't, but I'll leave that open. Study, learn, open a dialogue. Hmm. Stay in your lane. No brain surgery by... Uh, Unlicensed brain surgeons. <laughs> Pretty sure there's a law against that too. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited about these. I actually, I actually found these stupid criminals a while back. I'm excited to tell you. Uh, we're going to go to Australia. Yep. Two suspected Aussie thieves, and I have to say Aussie. You don't say Aussie. I say Aussie. Uh, swiped a Big Bird costume. Oh, you heard right. Big Bird. Big yellow guy. Yeah, stole it. Uh, The report was the nearly 7-foot-tall, $160,000 outfit said to be made of ostrich feathers and imported uh, from New York. Oh, wow. Uh, It vanished from a circus earlier uh, with only a trail of feathers left behind. Uh, But on Wednesday, the costume reappeared, dumped near an electrical box on circus grounds, uh, along with a, a letter of contrition stuffed into the beak. I mean, this gets better and better. In the note, the suspects who admitted they, quote, had no idea what they were doing, uh, they apologized, said they hit a rough patch, and were just trying to cheer ourselves up. They just played with the costume for a while. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the note went on to say that we had a great time with Mr. Bird, and he's a great guy. <laughs> they did search the area, and uh, uh, they actually arrested two men, ages 25 and 26. No, uh, no notes as to how they figured out who they were. Uh, probably uh, just followed the trail of Bertsey. Okay, sorry for that dad joke. <sighs> anyway, New York. Let's go to New York. Somebody tossed an empty coffee cup from McDonald's on the lawn of Edward and Cheryl Patton in Lakeview, New York. But, okay. Accident, maybe? No, but see, this nuisance became a daily occurrence over the next three years. The vehicle would drive by... Uh, toss a cup on the lawn, uh, sometimes with a cigarette butt or two inside. Uh, the 80-year-old resident set up security cameras and bought binoculars. Oh, yes, he now has a hobby. Uh, he could never get the license plate or clear view of the driver, uh, but neighbors, he got neighbors involved, uh, spotted the SUV in the act and followed it and got a license number. The police then set up a stakeout. Let's stop here for a minute. I know this is annoying to this guy. I know this is a pain in the butt to go pick up a cup, okay? But I've been part of a lot of stakeouts. Uh, I guess they had some extra time. Nonetheless, uh, they set up a stakeout and pulled over the 76-year-old driver, as it turns out, used to work with the male at the house uh, in a, a bus service and described him as a nemesis because of issues. Yes, so had a had a beef back when they worked together. Uh, he'd been charged with second-degree harassment and depositing trash on a highway. Why a highway? Because he missed the yard a couple times. <sighs> okay. Evansville, Indiana. Uh, police are still looking for two intruders who ventured into a closed Denny's restaurant at 2 a.m. 
to make eggs. Yes, the pair went into the kitchen and prepared some eggs around 2 a.m., left just a few minutes after eating the eggs, uh, and then returned at 3 a.m. to make some more eggs. At that point, the Denny's employees arrived, uh, confronted them, and told them to leave. No alarm, no break-in, door looked like it was unlocked, inside job. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, the Denny's had officially closed at 11. The intruders were captured by surveillance cameras and seen leaving, uh, and they have not found them. And the funny part is, um, this is straight out in the report. The reports note that the estimated loss to the theft was $1. Maybe they should give it to Lakeview, New York police and do a stakeout. Lastly, 68-year-old Gary Anderson was arrested after a Haines City cop attending uh, to a matter at a local store heard a loud noise and headed out into the parking lot to investigate. There, the police officer found Anderson on a riding lawnmower, complete with trailer hooked up to it. Get your visual, folks. The, officer, <laughs> the officer's squad car, meanwhile, had been hit by something. Police say Anderson was alternating between laughing and acting aggressively and admitted to the cop that he was drunk and smashed into the cop car. Police say Anderson failed the sobriety test and was taken to the station. Uh, he was then brought to a hospital after he claimed cops had poisoned him. Yeah. Breathalyzer revealed him to be three times over the state level, uh, and a blood test showed up cocaine. Because why not? You're already drunk. Driving a riding lawnmower, towing a trailer, hitting a car. Why not be jacked up on cocaine, too? I mean, why not? Uh, why was he driving a riding lawnmower? We already had two DUI convictions under his belt. Um, <laughs> but still insists the, co uh, the cops spiked his bloodstream. Uh, by the way, cops also find out his driver's license had been suspended since March 1978. 78. He was charged with his third DUI in 10 years. I don't know. They don't say what happened to the riding lawnmower. Probably taking his evidence. You know, as we go along this journey together, I may say some things you don't agree with, like maybe today, or you do agree with me, even have a topic you'd like me to cover, or a question. If you are not law enforcement, you have a law enforcement question, like, this is just driving me nuts. Uh, and he said, stay in my lane, so maybe I shouldn't be, a, you know, maybe I shouldn't be throwing this out there, but I want to talk about it. I want an answer. Email me. Off the beat, O F F T H E B E A T, at MotorolaSolutions.com. Don't worry, the, your email doesn't go to marketing, it just goes to me. Uh, to give me your thoughts and ideas, and check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore off the beat. Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, stay safe, and stay in your lane. <laughs>